morning church uh, before we dive into the word let's let's pray uh, father we thank you for your presence in this place thank you lord that our hearts are at a place of complete submission to you uh, we are totally vulnerable to what we are going to hear lord god we pray that what we hear this morning would uh, change the way we look at things change the way we uh, read scripture and bring us even more closer to you lord god father our hearts desire is that we become your lifelong follower lord in such a way that in our lives you are seen or through and through our lives you are seen lord jesus amen amen you know in the book of acts paul and barnabas they had a very heated discussion paul says to barnabas this isn't a good idea barney it has happened in the past it will happen again i do not agree with you in taking mark with us barnabas replies let's give him another chance god is at work in him paul replies i don't believe this there is so much of work to do so much of so many people we need to just reach out to all you care is about one person someone like him who has already proven in the past that we cannot trust him barnabas this is beyond my conviction if god can change you god can change mark also Paul, you and your theory, telling you clearly, and he says little firmly, if you take Mark, then we will have to part ways. Barnabas replies, "So be it." And Paul and Barnabas are gone. Mark is just standing somewhere around the corner, and Mark's Mark talks to Barnabas, and he says, "You know, brother, by the way, they both were cousins. I have a history of running away. There was a time I tried." to follow jesus but when they arrested him they tried to seize me and i left my garment i was scared and i ran away it was such embarrassment for me i was completely humiliated but not only that i did that to you and brother paul also i was with you all in the ministry and suddenly i just ran away i couldn't take it i just ran away i don't think my life is ever going to mean anything barnabas replies mark mark my words you're going you're going to leave a mark and mark replies uh, sorry uh, your mark replies you and you're just playing with words and barnabas says no 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 time will come a time will come when whatever you do for the lord will be spoken for ages even long after you're gone amen and at a later stage john became a disciple of apostle peter he used to sit with peter and peter used to share stories about jesus and the works of jesus with mark mark used to get overwhelmed so overwhelmed that he would sit down and pen down all the things that peter spoke long story short history records that the gospel of mark was the first gospel to be written amen <laughs> that is the work of god in our lives amen you know starting today like alvin said we are on a series from the gospel of mark and we'll be diving deeper into a closer understanding about how do i follow jesus so what i'm going to do today is just presenting an overview of the book of mark and also uh, take some time off to talk about uh, uh, chapter 1 of mark so first of all who was mark mark was a much younger writer compared to other uh, writers who wrote the gospels his mother was a prominent follower we when we read acts chapter 12 we understand that uh, house of mark was open for uh, the meeting of the disciples they would meet there for prayer 
and uh, also we understand that mark also was a follower of jesus christ he probably was very young maybe in his teens he would have seen jesus uh, bringing a word he would have seen uh, at different occasions the works of jesus uh, at a later stage mark traveled with paul and barnabas and then afterwards he was with uh, apostle peter mark is was known history records that mark was known as peter's uh, interpreter not only in writing but also in speech see peter was a fisherman from galilee so he may not have spoken greek uh, uh, so fluently so mark was one person who used to interpret for him so in, in this book mark wrote about the observations and the memories of peter one of the original apostles mark's book reflects peter's interest uh, in the work in spreading the gospel to the gentiles and in 1 peter 5 and verse 13 peter refers to mark as his son as a spiritual son the gospel of mark continuously presents jesus as a man in action it presents jesus as a servant and a servant king so he doesn't do too much of the talking part of jesus but as someone who came to do the work of god he creates an uh, urgency in what jesus came to do so couple of things uh, when we read this passage when you read mark Uh, chapter one and verse one, you will see that the opening passage itself it sets the stage for the rest of the gospel. Mark starts with these words: "This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ." Yeah. Before I say what gospel is, you know, in in those days when um, a, a Roman Empire would conquer a land, after the uh, the land is being conquered, the Roman emperor would send a letter. that letter was called gospel that letter would contain i have conquered this land now because of me you're going to be happy you're going to be prosperous and everything is going to be fine that is exactly what jesus did what is the gospel mark explains that gospel is a good news of this fact that jesus came to fulfill all the hopes of the old testament and he came to transform and fulfill all the promises that god made to us Amen. So in in Mark chapter one, you will find the the if you uh, if I can categorize it, you will find the ministry of John in the beginning. Uh, then you will find the baptism of Jesus, uh, uh, the uh, the temptation that Jesus went through uh, in the wilderness, and then the ministry of Jesus in the concluding part of chapter one. So what do we learn uh, from this uh, Mark chapter one? By the way, my my uh, message is titled uh, "The King Who Came to Serve," the King who came to serve. So number one, prepare the way. How do I follow Jesus? Number one, prepare the way. See, the ministry of our life is to present Jesus and to exhibit Him at all costs. John did that. John was not the way. John was not the way. He came to make a way for the coming Messiah. This was a prophetic word which came seven hundred years ago. Isaiah wrote about it in, in uh, Isaiah forty, and Mark quotes it in Mark chapter one and verse two and verse three. He says, "I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice calling in the wilderness: Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for Him." And this is the message which John brought to the people. John went about preaching and telling people about repentance and the kingdom of God that is going to come in their midst. many people were baptized in the uh, in the waters of jordan and he constantly spoke about uh, uh, constantly brought a message about someone who's going to come after him 
who is going to be more powerful than him. And uh, John spoke about the Messiah in Mark chapter 1 and verse uh, 7 and 8. He says, after me comes the one who is more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And he constantly brought this message. And even when Jesus entered the waters of baptism, you know, God affirmed the ministry of Jesus. And he said, this is my son whom I love. And I am well pleased with him. Amen. So believe it or not, John was a famous guy. He was very influential. People heard him. They repented of their sins. They even took baptism. In fact, there, are, there were times when the entire town would come in repentance and be baptized. That kind of an influential man he was. God's anointing was upon John. The spirit of Elijah, the power of Elijah was at work in John. So he was a very, uh, not only anointed person, but a known face in the territory. People knew that he's someone who's brought the message from the Lord himself. So question was this. Was he the Messiah? Will he be the deliverer? Is he the one of whom it was said that he is going to be a wonderful savior? Was he the one? But, but it did look like that. Because of the kind of work that he was doing, it did look like that. It did look like as if the, the stage was set for John. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. People would have probably gone gaga over it. Because till that time, Jesus was not yet revealed. He had not started his ministry. He was a carpenter's son. That was his identity. So John, everything was set for John. But, but, but John came to set the stage for someone else who was even greater than him. John knew what prominence he had already got. But John also knew he did not come for that. He came to prepare the way. You know, even for us also, we need to be so careful because if you're not careful, most often, glory to he becomes glory to me. And that is where we need to be uh, careful of. Because see, history records big, big stalwarts of the, in the Lord who have fallen and lost sight of the passion and zeal for the Lord just because they felt they were not recognized in the church they belonged to and for the position they had. See, we are here to serve the Lord. We are called to prepare a way for the Lord, not to prepare a way for us. And John says this about Jesus later. He says, I am not worthy to unstrap his sandals. You know, a Jew would never do that. John was a Jew. He would never do that. To unstrap somebody's sandal was a work of a slave, not of a Jew. But John says this, that, you know, even if he had the privilege to do that, He's not even counted worthy. He's not counting himself worthy to stoop down and um, undo the, uh, unstrap somebody's sandals, the Messiah's sandals. See, John had a high adoration for the Messiah. Someone he had not even experienced yet. He knew his brother, cousin brother. Jesus is his cousin brother. He knew him. But he has not experienced the Messiah yet. Question is, how did he have such great affection, such great passion? For someone whom he had not even experienced. I don't have an answer for that. The scripture has no answer for that. But it gives you a few glimpses here and there. See, we know one thing. John was in the wilderness. He spent a lot of time in the wilderness. And let me tell you, 
wilderness changes us. Amen. That's a place where we have a raw encounter with God. That's a place where we get to spend time with the master. That is where God speaks to us. You know, when we, you and I, when we spend time and we put it as a discipline to spend time with the Lord, God chooses to meet with us. He chooses to talk to us, explain things, open things to us. And that's been my experience time and again. When we spend time with the Lord, He just speaks and He opens uh, understanding that we've never had before. You know, some people say that, uh, some people think strength comes from people or strength comes from past experiences. I would say, no, strength comes from the Lord. Amen. Some people say the past made me a strong person. You know, philosophy, past made me a strong person. No, God made you a strong person. The past literally crushed you. Yeah, Psalm 40 and verse 2, it says, He lifted me out of the pits of despair. Amen. He set my feet on solid ground and now my steps are firm. Hallelujah. That is exactly what God does for each one of us. He has already done that for us. The wilderness is the drill for our spirit's growth. You know, John came wearing uh, a clothing made of cam camel's hair and, and a leather belt. And he preached a great message. See, it doesn't matter what we wear. If you know who we wear, then nothing can wear us down. Amen? Amen? Positions, powers, publicity, all these things, they will shift our gaze from what matters most. That is his presence. My question is this. Have we made a way for the king to move in our life and through our life? Um, there is a church in uh, South Carolina, uh, Hampton. It's called Lighthouse Church. And um, one day the daughter of the pastor, she came to him and she said that, uh, uh, we youth, we want to do something in the church. Do I have your permission? So he asked her, what do you want to do? So she, she said, just trust me. So he gave a green signal and next Sunday when he came to church, when everybody came to church, they noticed something different about the church. There were small miniature toy statues of Jesus. And they had kept this toy uh, Jesus all over the church. But they had kept these toy statues not at known places. They had kept these statues at places where nobody would actually give a second look to. So it was over the aircon. It was under the chair. Some of them were on the you know, passage, corridor. There were some kept in the, even in the washroom also. And uh, people were surprised. And like, why would you keep a toy statue here, there, of Jesus here and there? What is the idea behind it? So the youth came up with this idea to say, say that we wanted people to see Jesus in the places they would not give a second look. And he said this, uh, you know, when, he, uh, when the youth shared this, they said that Jesus is everywhere. He's working in our life and he wants to make a way through our life. But the places where we have kept him hidden, Jesus wants him to see. Amen. You know, Jesus said uh, in John 8 and verse 12, I am the light. But in Matthew 5 verse 14, he says, you are the light. Decide, Jesus, who is the light here? But here's this question to us, for us to ponder. Does this light of mine display the light of Jesus? Amen. So, so coming back to John, here is a guy, surprisingly, there is no record of any healings. 
no miracles that john the baptist did he did not cast out any uh, demons uh, there were no legendary sermons he just came with a simple message but with a heavy conviction and hundreds upon hundreds believed that message they repented and they were baptized in the water what will happen when we walk with god with that heavy conviction that i need jesus and i need jesus to, to be seen through my life amen the question is how we can how can we make a way for the king through our lives how can we display the king through our lives how can we prepare a way for the king to be seen through our lives it could be through our attitude it could be through what we say what we do how we are that itself uh, displays people to jesus amen you know the place where i work uh, many years ago we had this one parent very grumpy parent the moment he enters the gate teachers would run here and there he was loud he would shout and he had he had this way of making somebody feel low every now and then and teachers would call me sir he's come and i know who's come so when the he would enter the gate i would get a call from the teacher either from the teacher or from the office staff sometimes there will there would be complaint on the child and the parent would be called other teachers would say why did you call the parent just deal with, deal with the issue it was that loud but every time he would come to me he would be quiet to talk to me nicely very calmly he get the issue sorted and then he will go he would scream at the office but when he comes to me to talk very calmly surprising i never had any idea why the last day when his son finished his 10th standard uh, a week later he came to meet me and he said sir i every time i come to the school i am very angry with the way things are i'm always angry about things but for some reason when i come near you i don't know i lose my words i feel very much at peace i'm calm i do, is there something about you i don't know but is there something about you which makes me calm is it for some reason and i wanted to share share, share this with you so sometimes you know the way we are and the way we behave can display people to jesus you know i i went to a secular meeting once and uh, i was there a part of the meeting i asked only one question to the speaker and then i sat down when the meeting got over somebody came to me and said sir aap christian hai kya i i said ha uh, huh, but how do you know do you know me no no i don't know you then i said what what happened he said the way you asked the question itna gehrai lag raha tha i felt you might be christian <laughs> you know question to us is how can we make god known through our lives god is calling us as followers of jesus god is calling us to prepare a way for him amen second most important thing the king's way the king's way you know jesus came to galilee and he was baptized by john in the river jordan jesus took the baptism that john was preaching about surprisingly jesus honored what john did you know what a honor jesus gave to this man because the baptism of john was for repentance of sins and jesus took the baptism for the sin which he did not even commit that was a honor that jesus gave to john you know when we prepare way for the king out of honor god chooses to walk through us just because we made a way for him amen you know after jesus came from the wilderness uh, after this baptism and you know he was put, he had the spirit led him to the wilderness he was tested and tried for uh, tempted for 40 days 
and when he came out, uh, you know, he was on a man with a mission. Amen. Then you read, when you read chapter one, no, he reads series of tuck, 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 like Mark goes one after the other. Jesus goes and he calls forth uh, Simon and Andrew and then James and John to be his disciples and they cleave their work and they come immediately to him. Uh, he taught about he taught with authority when he cast demons out. Uh, he healed people. People saw and they were amazed. Like who is this guy? Mark chapter one, town of people were waiting for uh, Jesus to be minister uh, that so that Jesus could minister to them. There were times that the entire crowd would gather. There were no place. That's the kind of work that Jesus did. You know, I I feel Jesus had this that's why syndrome. Verse 35 to 38 of Mark 1, it says, by the way, the 35th verse was what changed my spending time with the Lord. I, I did you. It says, very early in the morning, when it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house. He went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages. So I can preach there also. And then Jesus says this. That's why I came. That's why I have come. You know, we say we are sick. And Jesus would say, that's why I came to heal you. We say, I'm very tired. Jesus would say, that's why I came to give you rest. We would say, Jesus, I'm in debt. That Jesus would say, that's why I came to set you free. We would say, Jesus, I'm feeling lonely. And Jesus would say, that's why I came to be with you. Amen. That's why. Where are you today? Where are you today in your life that needs an intervention from God? Where you need a that's why intervention from God. Amen. You know, I'm going to take a minute to release a blessing uh, over uh, you all. But before that, listen to this testimony. Uh, it happened with a Hindi church. Uh, I shared it with a small group last, Sunday, uh, last Wednesday. So we, uh, three, uh, before COVID, uh, a lady from our church, she came to me and said, uh, Pastor Prathana Kiji. I said, uh, for what? She said, we have small uh, garment stall. We sell uh, t-shirts and um, trousers. But nothing is happening. Every day, nothing is happening. So I said, okay, let's pray. So we prayed with her, believed. Uh, and uh, next week, I asked her, how are things? She said, kuch nahi Two weeks later, I prayed again. And uh, after that, COVID hit. So during COVID time, uh, the husband doesn't come to church. During COVID time, you know, through Jeevanasha, we would give ration, we were giving ration to, ration to different people. They were one of the family we were giving to because they had no money. Every month, I would go and meet with the husband and I would meet him near the fly, Manpada flyover. We would give uh, five kilo rice and give one dal and other things we would give to them. He would always say, thank you, thank you, pastor, thank you, pastor. This is uh, somewhere in 2020. Uh, the place where I live, uh, they... Recently, three months back, they have started something called Thursday Market. And if you come to the market, it's just the road, the street is just uh, filled with the, you know, hawkers and people who are selling things and uh, at a very cheap rate, very good rate. So it's always crowded. So one day Snail and I, we thought we'll just go there. We saw the, the crowd was huge. The place looked colorful. Uh, you know, papayas were being sold for five rupees. And we were like, oh, this is, this is really good. And if, when we went there, we saw this guy with a stall there. He had put a stall there. And he was like, we were very happy. His son was also there. So we congratulated him and said, you know, aapka dhinda kaise? He said, bohat achha chalta hai. Achha chalta hai. 
so we were very happy uh, about what he what he uh, you know what he had accomplished uh, and I, then i told told him you know ye market itna bada hai itna acha hai you know what he said ye market mera hai hallelujah the entire market and every thursday they put this market entire market belongs to this guy <laughs> that is the work of god you know in our life the king's way in our lives so receive this god would say to each one of us i will make a way in the wilderness i will cause rivers of water to flow in the desert i will go before you and i will level the mountains i will break down the gates that stop you i will give you treasures in darkness riches stored in secret places I will bless you so much that your vessels cannot contain them. I will give you joy and I will add no sorrow to it. New hope will spring forth now. Amen. 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 The king's way when God makes a way, you know, there is no stop to it. You know, Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8 uh, it says, uh, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts." Like let's be clear. My thoughts are not your thoughts. neither are your ways my ways says the lord so whatever we think this is how god will work god is no 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 the way i would do things are much 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 different than the way you you cannot even imagine them to happen you know most often when we we box god thinking this is how he can function this is my prayer this is how we'll, you know he's going to function this is how i want him to act i heard this uh, phrase somewhere it said If you can put God in a box, then your God is very small. If you can put God in a box, your God is too small. You know, one of the biggest lies of the enemy, which most often we tend to believe, most often, whether you like it or not, we tend to believe. Sometimes happens is this: that is not for me. That is not for me. That fruit, it's not for you. to joseph that dream of becoming greater and your brother and brothers and your father bow before you not for you to abraham and sarah that desire to have a child at an old age not for you for moses that idea joshua the idea of you taking the place of moses to be leader of a nation like israel not for you for david the idea of you becoming the king not for you be a madman to ruth you lost your husband you don't have kids you only have your mother in law the longing for a family not for you to somebody like peter you are a sinner you can't even catch a fish the desire to have a rabbi be your master not for you for somebody like zekes you climb the highest tree you want jesus can never come to your home to sup with you not for you you know these are lies 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 from the pit of hell jesus went around doing good Amen. He set hope in action. That's what God did. He's our waymaker. He's our deliverer. He's our strong tower. He's a rock on whom we stand. Amen. God's way is our highway. God's way is our highway. So if we need to wait, let's wait. If we need to praise, let's praise. You know, you would have heard this quote before. Until God opens the next door, I will praise Him in the hallway. Amen. for for some of us you know i would just want to say this while preparing i just felt ministered i just want to say this god has taken note of your waiting 
God has taken note. You've been waiting, waiting, waiting. God has taken note of that. You know, we are on the Gospel of Mark. We are reading Mark. One of the traits of this book, we'll constantly see these words immediately. At once, uh, without delay, you'll constantly see these words. What if they are prophetic for each one of us? You know, Jesus started his ministry by saying, the time has come. And Isaiah 60, it says, in my time, I will do it swiftly. Amen. We got married in 2016. And uh, after a few months, we sort of planning for a uh, kid and, you know, uh, nothing much was happening. And we were praying. We had our leaders praying. We had our friends, family praying. And uh, nothing much was happening. Four years went by. Four years had gone by. And uh, after, uh, I think, uh, four years, I think 2021, Elena was, Elena was born. Uh, she'll be three now. And uh, we were very happy. We were very happy. But we had to, we waited for four years. Uh, when Elena was conceived, God had broken, had crushed the barriers. God crushed the barriers and he rushed us into blessings. So when he planned for a second child, we didn't have to wait. Hmm. There was no waiting. You heard that? There was no waiting. Just because we held on to one prophetic word, which Pastor Basil brought to us even before Elena was born. Even before we had the first kid. And he said, God will bless you with children. And after Elena was born, honestly, of all the things that Snail went through, we really did not think of this. But we thought, we'll just, let's just hold on this word. You know? And that is what uh, God wants to do. God wants to do things just, just beyond our understanding. Mark creates this urgency of the work of God, the move of God. And there needs to be an urgency in our own spirit to see the move of God in our life and through our life. So I want to say this. Get ready for the suddenly. You can go from believing in it to walking in it. Any moment. Hallelujah. You can go from believing in it to walking in it. Any moment. That is the king's way. Let this uh, gospel uh, which we already read a few days back, you know, it will inspire us and believe for what God wants to do in our midst. Amen. Thirdly and lastly, follow the way. Prepare the way, the king's way. Follow the way. Follow the master. I play with my daughter. And um, one day I was sitting on the sofa and I told her, Elena, come to Papa. She looked. So I told her, Elena, come to Papa. She took her shoulder back. She held, uh, held, uh, held her head high. She said, no. So I said, Elena, come here. No, you come here. <laughs> so I stared. She went, look at my eyes. <laughs> Uh, children and those <laughs> precious moments. <laughs> so, <laughs> when Jesus started his ministry, uh, the first thing he did is he picked people up. Uh, he went to Simon, Andrew, uh, then he found James and John, and he told them, you know, uh, come follow me. And they left their nets, they left their work, and they came there at once. That's the choice they made. 
Jesus called this man and after others too for a very radical uh, discipleship. There is a high call on each one of us. The call is to follow the ways of the Lord. That's a call over our lives. You know, discipleship, we heard about this last week uh, from uh, Jacob John. And uh, he said this, discipleship has got two important phases. One is obedience. The second is being an example. Obedience meaning, I will do what he says. Being an example means, I will be what he is. I will do what he says and I will be what he is. See, we always have a choice. We can come to Jesus because we have a need or we can come to Jesus because him is all we need. Amen. You know, today the challenge for us is not so much about whether we should follow Jesus or not. Almost most of us would have, I believe, would have made that choice. Whether to follow Jesus or not. The challenge here is a little different. The challenge is the adulteration that has happened. You know, there is a very thin line between following the world and following Jesus. And with the increase in the explosion of uh, social media, that the line has become even more thinner. And sometimes it becomes difficult to comprehend, am I following Jesus really or am I following the ways of the world? And that is why we need to read and apply the word of God in our lives. We need to surround ourselves with people who can help us in our, to keep our walk steady in Jesus. You know, uh, so that whenever we hear different narratives, we are still able to choose the truth and follow the truth. Amen. When we hear things, we always have a choice. What is God saying about it? Uh, is this coming from the world or is it coming from God? You know, if you can't let it go, you don't own it. It owns you. If you can't let it go, you don't own it. It owns you. Yet the Bible says in Romans 12 and verse 12, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Then the word conform means to act according to the rules set or to agree with something which has already been established. And uh, the verse actually is implying whatever the rules uh, methods which has already been set in the world, the patterns which are set, don't fall into that trap, but transform yourself by renewing your mind. Amen. Question to ask this morning is, what is the stumbling block for me when it comes to following Jesus wholeheartedly? What is the stumbling block for me when it comes to following Jesus wholeheartedly? Mark 1 ends with an epic story. The leper who came to Jesus. I mean, we would have preached uh, in church and spoken about in small group for so many times. You know, it, it, it's about a leper who came to Jesus and uh, he says to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Uh, Jesus has compassion on him and uh, Jesus says, I am willing. Immediately, Mark, Mark started. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus then, we missed this part actually. Jesus sent him away a strong warning, NIV version, strong warning. Don't tell this to anyone. Go and show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices. Don't show this to anyone. Don't tell anyone. But the man found it difficult to follow what Jesus said. So what he did, he went and he told everybody freely. Because of which, Jesus could not enter that town, Capernaum. He could not enter the town. That's where, you know, it, it ends. Talk about obedience. So what are the areas of my life 
where God is asking me for a fresh submission to Him. See, we don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. We say it again. We don't have to understand God completely to obey immediately. Obedience needs to be implicit, unquestioning. That's what pleases the master. You know, have, have you been at a place where your walk has been adulterated, like confused? This, that, this, that, you're confused. Following what others say has started mattering more than what God is actually saying. Your passion and zeal for the Lord seems to be compromised at days, on days. You get offended over small things and it's frequent now. Frustration has increased. I have one encouragement for each one of us, including me. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Amen. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. He will reach out to you. You know, in the, all the <coughs> names of God, Jesus, God has got so many names. One of the names is Jehovah Shama. The word Shama comes from the Hebrew word Sham. Sham means <coughs> there. There. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. Where is Jehovah? There. Where is Jehovah? There. That's a, like wherever you are, in whatever state you might be in, Whichever pit you may feel you are at, the Lord is there. You know, you know, the, 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 like the like the burning bush. Moses Exodus three, like the burning bush. The the bush was burning but was not consumed because the Lord was there. Amen. And Jesus, when he was born, this was a name he was, it was given to him that he will be called Anvil, God with us. So whatever our journey is, wherever we are at, the Lord is with us. He can follow in his ways because he's with us. He's always there. You know, in chapter, we think Mark 1 probably ended with on a little not so happy note because, you know, Jesus could not go back to the town and do the ministry. But we need to get more idea about it when you read chapter 2, the first verse. It says, few days later, Jesus went back to the town. Jesus came back to the place where he wanted to minister to. Jesus will come back for us. Amen. Wherever we are at, we are never, ever alone. That is the way of the king. When we follow the way, when we choose God over our situations, over our circumstances, he will honor. He will always be there. He will always be there. Amen? Let's uh, stand and um, pray and say to God, God, this is me. And I give myself to you. You worked your way in Mark. And Mark historically wrote something which changes our lives even today, Lord God. God, what can stop you from working in our lives? Father, help us to see us the way you see us, Lord God. Today, whatever uh, stumbling block is there in our life, uh, if there are places and thoughts which makes us uh, be at a place of confusion. Am I for this or am I for that? God help us to have a clear clarity, Lord God, in understanding there is only one way. 
that way is Jesus. You said, I am the way. I am the way. So today we come to you in complete submission, in complete surrender. And we say to you, Father, we need you. We want to be people who will prepare the way for you through our lives, not just on a Sunday morning, but at our workplace, at our home, in our society. We want to take you wherever we go, Lord God. We want to prepare a way for you to be seen through our lives, Lord God. We want to embrace your ways, Lord God. Every uncertainty, every weight, every uh, place where you think nothing is happening, we still know that you are working behind the scenes of our life. And you are arranging things in our favor. We want to follow your way, Lord God. We want to follow your way. When it is, especially when it is very, very, very challenging. Especially if the line has become so thin and, thin and so dim. We do not, don't have clarity. Yet we want to just hold on to your word. Say, God, this is what I chose to believe and this is where I'll keep my, uh, keep my footings in. So Father, we come to you this morning and we say, do a work in us, Lord God. Teach us to be people who will follow you wholeheartedly. This we pray in Jesus' name.